Hello, and welcome back to From the Heart Catholic Podcast, the official podcast for the Diocese of Salina. This is Jeff Andrews, Bill Mayer, Father Jared Conradi, and we are the Three Bald Guys. This show is all about evangelization, education, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to episode nine of Three Bald Guys Podcast. Father Jarrett, can you lead us in prayer? Yeah, let us pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we praise you. We thank you for all of your continuous blessings in our lives and pray for your guiding hand to be with us today and always that we might strive through all that we do and say to be your witnesses to a world in need of your presence today as much as ever. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, I should probably mute my phone. Father Jared always has his on silent, so he doesn't have to answer. It's true. I mean, not because I don't have to answer, just because it'll go off, and I don't want to remember turning it Well, yeah, on. you're in the place where it's either going to be a funeral or mass. I do have one story of it going off at a mass, like, but the only people who heard it was the servers, so... <laughs> How fast did you go to your I'm pocket? pretty quick. I'm really quick getting to that volume button or whatever button. To but it, even if like, it. it's not like in a pocket and you have to get underneath the cassock and be like, oh, well, here we go. Or yeah, you had you, it out. You can get it. Oh, okay. I get it through the vestments. <laughs> he just takes it and just just throws it against button. the wall. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just hit the button. <laughs> just hit Mine the button. went off during um, oh. Ash Wednesday. <clears throat> One time, and it was a Red Hot Chili pepper song. It was like, <laughs> didn't you have uh, one recently where something this happened is, to you? Yeah, this at, at the Keisha at the, uh, state, the board meeting. state board uh, meeting. Oh, whatever the Chili Peppers "Under the Bridge" song, which is a nice oh, little. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, Ash Wednesday is it's quiet, like yeah. right? Or yeah. was it, maybe it was? Yeah, well, a lot no, of no, 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 no. Entrances in silence. It was Holy Thursday, okay. even qui- like. Well, that one's a little bit more joyful. Okay, so it's probably Good Friday of the Trudeau liturgies. That's it's one that wasn't. I'm not even saying that word because then I'll just get mocked and heckled. All right, we ready? Controversial. Trigilum. (laughs) Trigilum. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Remember, if this is your first time listening, we go through a few different topics. We'll do a giver or robber of energy. We've got a billion dollar question. We got some shout outs. We'll do a mystery envelope, and then we're taking some questions from our listeners today on that new. I don't know, new button Matea did or whatever. So it'll be pretty cool. And then uh, we'll call on our prayer warriors and we'll finish up with prayer. So we once again, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to get us started here with our giver or robber of energy. Father, we're going to start with you, okay? What is something that either gave you energy this week or stole your energy? Uh, this is one that's going to be monotonous because it is such a, such a common topic that I keep bringing up over and over again. But we, as many of the listeners know, are in the process of a pretty major restoration of the church. And it's, it's funny because it's one of those things that is both a giver of energy because there's definitely excitement. As I walk in there and it's just like totally everything's empty, the pews are gone, much of it's kind of torn up, some of it's covered in plastic and, and everything. I walk in there and I just have these visions of what it, what it will be and that gives me, it gets me excited. But then I have meetings where we sit down and talk about the timeline and every single different aspect of all of the little minutia details that I am horrible about. Uh, thankfully, I'm not in charge of every little minutia detail. Um, I do find that it, dra- it sometimes drains me or gives me anxiety as well. So it's like a combo. It's a combo. It's a giver and a robber. Of it, energy. Is it hard, though, even though you say you don't have to have all of it, like being the priest there, like, yeah. Even though, like, you've got committees and all this stuff, like, 
it does come down to you. Yeah. Though, right? So here, I don't know. We don't have time for this, but I'm going to take it anyway. Uh, one of the th one of the examples of that is the roof. So that we put up a metal metal roof, which would have been much much similar to what one of the original roofs looked like, and the color chosen was not necessarily my first choice. And when it came in and they started putting it up there, I saw it sort of in the glare of the sun, and I almost started crying <laughs> because I was like. For the next 30, 40, whatever years, the ugliness of this roof is going to be, that was Father Jarrett's roof. <laughs> and It's yeah. not that bad, though, is no, it? No, 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 absolutely not. Like, as soon as I was able to kind of step back and see it from a distance and see it not in the glaring sun where it was kind of reflecting, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. But my first response to it, I was like, seriously, uh, yeah, a little, I was nervous. For Ego. Sure. Ego. Ego. That's what I heard. True. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like the first time I shaved my head. I thought, like, uh, that glare, like, it's not working. I don't <laughs> like it. For 30 years, I'm going to have this. And now. But you never dreamed it would we'll... lead you to this podcast. Correct. And, <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> All right. Bill, what's Robin or giving you energy? I'm, I'm going to go with giving energy. And it's weird. I'm going to talk about the Conradi family, but uh, specifically. Uh, his brother? Uh, well, specifically his, his parents. Um, Reg and Jan, they came in and met with me. They've got a, a book out uh, along with the family members uh, of your brother. Um, I was saying you're because you're sitting here with us. Um, but they came in and they talked, and we had a great – they used to be part of the Family Life office. They were directors of the Family Life, and so we had a great conversation about just families in general and those sort of things, and, and I could feel myself – you know, as they were talking, getting energized with more ideas and more things we could do and what we need to do and what directions to go and those sort of things. And uh, and just their passion towards um, looking back at families and, and what develops them and what doesn't develop them and what we need to do. I just I took a ton of energy away from that and, and uh, was excited about uh, working on that. So, yeah, he actually texted me like right after that meeting. So I, I love you. I love your parents. Yeah. I was like, do you say, I do cool. too? No, I didn't respond. He didn't even back. respond back. <laughs> Four days later, who is this? Yeah. New phone, who dis? What I wanted to say is, uh, why do I like them so much? No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, what happened to you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so for those of you uh, that maybe haven't heard, but uh, so Bill Mayer is our director of Youth Ministry and Religious Education, and he also has our um, Office of Family Life as well, kind of a new role. So yeah. add, in, add to that, you're going to be a busy man. Yeah, you betcha. Keeps me out of trouble. Yeah. All right, I'm going to end this up, and for the first time, I've got a robber of... Robert, uh, this is the first he, robber. Yeah, well, Father's was kind of a robber as well, so now we're going double. But um, it's the Keisha Multiplier. So the T State Activities Association with sports in Kansas is going to possibly add a multiplier to private schools. So, for instance, Sacred Heart Salina um, is a 1A or 2A school based on enrollment, but if you've won... Five state titles in the last five years in team sports. And if you're in a 5A, 6A size community, which we are in a 5A community because we're in the boundary level of Salina South. And then um, they'll also take your free or reduced count. But Sacred Heart does have uh, a high enough free or reduced count. We don't get hit with that multiplier. So this has been ongoing for – this was in committee for years. And now it's, now it's to legislators in January. So it literally has taken up – half of my morning today um, on just trying to we're trying to figure out our lobbyist what schools are going to pitch in what money when really it all goes back to some Johnson County Catholic high schools you know our Bishop Miege and St. Thomas Aquinas and um, St. James Academy who who win a lot um, and maybe there is a need for some type of multiplier but this one right now the way it's written probably isn't fair to all of our kids so we're trying to fight for it it's robbing me some energy but also at the same time which is 
quick as getting on the phone, talking to people, it's fun to talk because people are pretty passionate about athletics. It'll reference, and not to get into the weeds too much with it, but it'll reference the specific sport where that where the success was, or it'll be it'll be every sport. So, for instance, so so for Sacred Heart has golf, right? And then we have one girls' tennis title in the last five years too. So it would make that'll affect everything: boys' basketball, girls' basketball, volleyball, football. Football, which is funny because I feel like they should look at all the sports, and Sacred Heart has not exactly been stellar in in, uh, football recently, right? So three and two going into tonight. Okay. Okay. I stand corrected. Yeah, we are recording this, though, in early October. So who knows? I mean, maybe when it's posted, I don't know what, what our record will be by then. But, yeah, I just don't think it's the right one. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, we can jump to the uh, billion-dollar question. It's time for the billion-dollar question. So, so kind of focusing a little bit today on uh, our families, since we talked about, uh, you know, the Family Life Office, and we're talking about, you know, uh, Respect Life Month, which we'll focus more, you know, next podcast. But on this one, we want to talk a little bit about um, families and the family unit and why there seems to be such a war on the family unit right now. And so, so the billion-dollar question is, why does Satan hate families and want to destroy every family? And, and when we can get past that, then we can say, what can we do to protect our families? And so, I don't know, Father Jared, if you want to start out, but, uh, you know, why do you think Satan hates families and and wants to destroy them? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'm going to probably be talking a lot about some of the elderly people because I visited, I had my first Friday visits this morning, and uh, one of the ladies that I sat down with, we were just talking about the world, and she watches the news too much, much, and so gets really discouraged and stuff, and one of her comments came back to a conversation we were having about a particular situation. And it was, her comment was a reference to, and it was a reference to a good, a good young person that was thriving and doing well. And she said, yeah, because, because of what a beautiful family that, 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 that child had was a part of. Um, and it just got me to thinking about that react. That's the bottom line. Reality is, our family and our upbringing and the way that we are formed in our earliest years has an a huge impact on how how well how we perceive things how we live um how you know good of a person we are deep down how we treat people how we treat situations uh and so it's extremely significant to break apart our culture to break apart um, in any way, unity, which is obviously Satan's initiative, is to divide. That's that's one of the root words of the title of Satan, of Di- Diablo, Diaboline, is to divide. And so that's one of the core places is he wants to divide. And the, the greatest place to have the most lasting impact is to break apart that forming structure of the family, which directly impacts... Um, I don't. I don't want to reference it. I didn't. Uh, I haven't really watched all of it. But the big thing now is the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, story, which is on Netflix. So everybody's talking about it. And the second episode is actually about. I think it's about his family. And I haven't watched the whole thing, but it's a pretty broken, a pretty broken family. Not that that automatically leads to serial kill- killers, but it's not a surprise to see that that has a huge piece to play in his future. But so anyway, yeah, that's one of those reasons I would say. I think when you look at um, you know, the incarceration rate in America, we have more incarcerated people than any other country in the world, and 
but yet we have one of the strongest countries in the world. And looking at the people that are incarcerated, a high majority of them come from some broken family. Maybe not all of them, but but a lot of them. And I mean, so that shows you right there that how important family is um, to keep people not just out of trouble, but on the right path. Yeah, and I don't have the statistics at my fingertips, but that that there's uh, tragic statistics tied to what you're talking about there in terms of how many of how many young men who are in prison came from a fatherless home, uh, and it's not all about the father being in the home, but obviously that has a statistical, mm-hmm. huge statistic, uh, statistical influence. Bill, yeah. you and I have talked about ACE scores, I think, before. Yeah. Um, but if you go Google ACE score, and you can kind of see the questions that there are, and there's certain areas that, you know, as an individual, you can checkbox. You know, if you've got an ACE score of, I don't know if it's four to six or whatever it may be, then you would be more at risk to struggle mm-hmm. in life. Uh, but the, the way you com- combat that is having a high level of resiliency. And so you've got to be able to be resilient. And part of that is where you do lack, you've got to find support somewhere else. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think whether you do well in school, again, there's a direct correlation between your home life at home and, and, you know, even athletics to a certain extent, those who, uh, you know, D1 athletes, I know that we all kind of have an image of what a D1 athlete is, comes off the streets and all those sort of things, but actually, you know, 90 some percent of them come from two parent homes and, and those sort of things and that kind of structure that helps them be successful and grow. And, uh, and certainly Satan doesn't want kids who are well-adjusted, who get a good education, who find, you know, you talked about Jeffrey Dahmer that understand love and, and have an ordered uh, love. Uh, he certainly doesn't want any of those. And so, um, you know, it is amazing. One of the other statistics that made me think of when you're talking about the incarceration rate is the homelessness rate and how so many Americans are just one paycheck away from being homeless and the difference between whether you end up on the streets or not, because there's going to be something bad that happens is whether you have a family to help you out. Mm-hmm. And those who have family to help you out, they end up being able to stay off the streets and get through those things. And the ones who end up on the street are the ones that don't have family to help you out. And it's, it's just kind of, a, I know even for myself, you know, I drive to Salina a lot, Mandy drives to Colby and the way we make it work is we have family around that helps us um, with picking up kids and doing that sort of stuff. And, and, uh, Satan obviously does not like those strong situations and goes about trying to attack it any way he can. That's, I was talking with somebody uh, just the other day and talking about a, um, a really good athlete that I went to school with growing up, and they mentioned, oh, well, and he was late to practice, but sometimes the coaches didn't care because he was the good athlete. Like, and I should have stopped and said, no, the coaches cared. They just understood why he was late. You know, the person's home life was not like three-fourths of the rest of the kids on the team. They – the coach truly knew what that kid was going through. And five minutes later, every once in a while was okay. Cause guess what? That kid was probably there 30 minutes longer waiting for a ride or coach gave him a ride or something like, and wasn't the time or place for me to have that conversation with that guy. But like, yeah. and I was thinking, man, that was 30 years ago. We were playing youth football and you're thinking about that kid. Cause he was late. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So Bill, what's something you do to keep your family strong? You know, I, I think you got to put time into it. And I think I've learned that as, as I've gotten older is older the right word the longer i've been a father that'd be the right right thing wiser. is wiser that might be it and and mandy was always really really good about hey billy you got to be present hey you got to do those sort of things and and i'll be honest with you uh the pandemic actually helped a little bit there's kind of a funny story where i'd always tell tank i was going to sell him 
And, uh, and then there's a commercial that came on one time and I really liked the ice balls that are like perfectly circle or something. I thought those were cool. And there's apparently a refrigerator out there that makes those. And I was like, Oh man, I'm going to trade you for one of those. And like, he actually went to, uh, to my family, my parents and said, he thought that was like a real thing. So they asked him like, what did you learn out of the pandemic? And he was like, well, I learned that uh, dad actually wouldn't sell me for a refrigerator. <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> laughed, but like, it was serious enough to where it was like, Andrew and I grew a lot more through the pandemic. And, and since then, I've realized that, you know, kids equate time as love. And you think that you can come in and just kind of dab them up a little bit or love them up a little bit, and that's going to be okay. But, I mean, they really equate that as time. And so I think we have to spend time with our kids doing things. I know you guys take trips and stuff and, and do those yeah, sort we, of things. Yeah, we're always on the go. I feel like we do something. But, I mean, one thing my son brought home the other day, he said, Dad, the other day in class, the teacher asked how many of us pray before meals. He goes, and everybody in our class, for the most part, raised their hand. And then the teacher asked, how many of you still do that when you go out to eat? And he said, Dad, not very many of them raised their hand. And that is something we try to do. Do we forget? Yes, sometimes, you know. But um, I think, you know, praying as a family before meals, at night, whenever you can, going to church together, doing it where people see you doing it shows your family how important it is um, because we're, you know, striving to be saints and, and we got to do it in every way we possibly can. Yeah. And, and I think I've probably maybe told this story, but, but one of the reasons I got out of the rec and sports business was because something that everybody thought was creating great families, I watched families falling apart. And, and so, you know, I think that there's a pressure on us parents and I know you've probably felt it and I have felt it where they say, if you're a good parent, you're giving your kid these opportunities and you're a bad parent if you don't let them do everything they want to do, which like when I was a kid, we were allowed to do something in the summer and we could pick one sport some other time in the year, but we were not going every single time. And, and people would look at a parent today like, what are you doing? You're not letting your kid do what they want to do. But what my parents were doing is we actually ate supper together. We were around the house. We weren't overly stressed all the time. And, and, you know, turns out that was a pretty good gift to us. But, uh, but I think parents think they're doing the right thing. And this is where Satan's kind of working a little bit and saying, hey, we're great parents. We're giving our kids all these opportunities. They're always busy. They're doing things. But the reality is he's chipping away at that home life. And that's the thing that's going to hurt the kid the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of that time, <clears throat> excuse me, that time piece. And obviously I, I don't have a family, so I don't put that into practice. But <laughs> as I see it, I was thinking about like even in the emergency room, like as a priest, I'm thinking about like in my, in my humanity, I'm thinking about, okay, what are the right words that I'm going to say to this family uh, in this situation? Like I have to have the, I have to have the right words and inevitably nobody remembers anything that I said or, or anything as far as like some kind of wisdom that I gave in that moment. But your presence there is absolutely remembered. And uh, so that's that's one of those pieces that you talk about is as parents thinking that, you know, you have to have the right things in terms of formation or whatever. Um, But honestly, like activities and spending time with is all that much more valuable. Father, that's the third time within like two days. Somebody's talked to me about how important it is to be present. Mm. It's not what you say. It's not what you do all the time. It's just being there. Like, and you're just, man, I mean, that's with leadership. You, you have to be present, whether it's leading your family, your office staff, your classroom, you, you got to be present. You know, if a, if a teacher's sick four out of five days a week for an entire month, it's, it's tough on the classroom. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, and, you know, that actually makes me think about, like, our bishop, too, because, you know, he's leading the entire diocese, and one of the things our bishop does is he travels everywhere, and he's in every single parish and all over the place, and that makes a huge difference, and, and I'm sure it's hard on him, and I'm sure he'd like to stay at home sometimes, but but uh, but he's at all those things, and, and I think that's pretty incredible. I also think, you know, Satan, he's, he's a warrior. He wants to win, and he's seen what happens when families get together and stay together. So when we talk about, like, the fall of Rome— Rome's culture was what Satan would want to a certain extent. They're worshiping pagan gods. They have all sorts of sexual immoralities, all sorts of, all those sort of things. And, and, you know, eventually Christianity overtakes that culture because people get married, they stay married, they have lots of kids. And eventually that, that marriage family unit is what is the fall of Rome. And so, you know, he's, he doesn't want to see that happen again. And I think that's why he attacks our, our family so much is to make sure that, uh, uh, we aren't able to create a good culture that is good for the human person um, and values the human person. Yeah. I also think uh, there's a, there's a book, so I'm gonna put a shameless plug out there for uh, Father Jarrett's family. Um, his brother, Jory, right? Right. Um, and I forget his wife's name, sorry. Tamara. Tamara. Yeah. Their, their family's put together a book and it's really pretty cool. Um, and so this was part of that conversation with, uh, um, with, with Father Jarrett's parents. Um, they put together a book of family night activities, and it's really pretty cool. There's a, a Bible verse for each one, and there's an activity, and, and there's kind of a step-by-step thing. And, uh, you know, they're asking to commit. And I think they said you guys did Monday nights. Is that? I think it rotated at different times. Um, I don't honestly remember when we met because this is our childhood or yeah. whatever, but I don't remember what night. But it was a, it was a set night that you knew was coming or whatever, and... And, and yeah. I've heard of a lot of families that have started to set aside family time and said, we're going to do something, whether it's watch a movie, make a meal, do something uh, on a family night. But, uh, but there's a really good book that's coming out that has a whole bunch of those activities that uh, are already made for your family. Um, it's going to be available here at the diocese. There's going to be a website that's up by the end of October, first part of November. Um, so we'll be able to put that information out there. But uh, um, might be a resource or something that you can look at. And uh, when you speak about time, uh, your dad actually kind of told a story about you guys had set up. And I don't know if you even know this necessarily but because you were pretty young. But uh, they had set up this family night thing, and then he missed the first one because of, I don't know if it was work or what it was. And he said, you know, he made a point a couple times when we were talking, like, I really, really regret, and you really have to make this point to the fathers that they have to be at this. It can't be just something that you're going to set up, but the dad has to be present or whatever. And, and so, uh, I don't know, it had a pretty big impact on me when I uh, was driving home and thinking about all that stuff on the way home. But uh, but that's one opportunity is, is creating that, um, that time with your family, that activity, um, something like that. All right, before we go on to the next uh, topic that Father Yule introduced, best board game. At, like, oh, man. Fa- favorite board game. For, like, families? Or just yeah, like family. Gen- yeah. General? Um, that doesn't matter. I've always, on the spot. I've always been a big fan of categories, and then uh, that's the game where you get a letter, and then you get a card with categories, and you have to write, write in something with that letter, a word with that letter. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, I always enjoyed that one as a creativity thing. But Balderdash is another one that we always loved because all, all of us had a sense of humor. So sitting around the table, hearing people's um, responses in creative ways, like because like one of the categories in that is here's a word. You have to come up with what is the definition of that word. 
and there's an actual right definition on the card, and then everybody else has to come up with a definition that makes people think that that's the actual definition. Inevitably, inevitably, somebody just goes off on some random, uh, giving it some random off-the-wall definition that makes us laugh for, for uh, forever. So, Bill, what about you? Card I, games or board games? I, I like board. I like all games. Um, Monopoly's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but lately, we've started playing a lot of like uh, Settlers of Catan, uh, which that's, is actually yeah, I, I like that game. That's what I was going to say. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good game. I've got some friends who get pretty in depth on it. Like, an, I don't want a four-hour board board game. Like, game. but yeah, it can it can get long. But I was to say, my wife's family all the time they all play Pinochle. And my I'm, wife's family does. I've too. dated my wife since 1998, and like I've have not even learned how to play yet. It's my time to just go be quiet and I sit on the couch and watch TV. But listening to her and her grandpa and her mom and dad and her cut, they all play and they I mean, they'll play for hours. So it's it's really funny. I think there's a line right at Hayes and west of Hayes. They're all pinochle players, and then the other side, it's all pitch. So like I was a pitch player. My family's pitch. Everybody I know plays pitch. Huh. But as soon as we went west, we had to learn how to play pinochle, and I haven't really figured it out because for one, all the cards is like all they're the same. I mean, there's. Ten queens in there. There's ten key. I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. I never learned it. All right, now it is time for our diocesan shoutouts. Let's talk about the saints saints among us. All right, guys, so who did you see or encounter this week that you thought was really living out God's call for us to live? And Jeff, we'll start with you. I'm going to go with some of uh, some of the clergy in our diocese. So uh, Father Andrew Rockers, your associate there at St. John's, Father Gail Hammerschmidt, Father Andy Hammocky, Father Brian McCaffrey, and then Deacon Steve uh, at Sacred Heart. They all participate in our Respect Life Retreat here uh, in Salina on October 5th with our juniors and seniors. And it goes back to them being present. It, it was awesome. Like, um, you know, they celebrated Mass with us. They bounced around to the breakout groups. They went over to the turf area and did the, whether it was soccer, kickball, or dodgeball. And just them being there uh, was really huge. So I really appreciate them taking the time to, to hang with our students. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I was thinking of, it actually came up in discussion before the podcast, but uh, it's a a video, and really not diocesan, I guess, parish, but a video that was put together by one of our parishioners uh, who actually has a drone and has done some phenomenal drone footage of the roof project, which has been kind of the focus of our restoration as of right now, the roof. And he put together this two-minute video, which wasn't even, like, we have, like, promotional meetings, like, talking about what kind of things we're putting out and promoting type stuff. We didn't even talk about this. And yet he was working on this video, putting together the the shots. Uh, and so David Knapper is the guy who uh, put together this video. You can see it on our on our Facebook page. It's actually just a two minute video, but it's actually really cool. Even if you don't belong to the parish, it actually shows you some of like how a roof project goes about uh, from start to finish. So that's yeah. I'm not a member of your parish. I don't live in Beloit, but I scrolled across the video. Like it was awesome. I found myself learning about your roof for two minutes so really well done yeah that was really great from david all right bill what about you um mine are going to be there's some new dres and i met with a couple of them the other day um jacqueline brown um at ihm um she just started it's kind of crazy she started after what would have been normally the school year starting um and uh jumped right in there classes it should have already been registered but she got in there and started going and uh just just listening to them and their eagerness to um um, 
make sure their kids are getting good quality catechesis and what can we do to improve this and digging through all the different things. And sometimes you just kind of keep running the same thing, but they're combing through everything, trying to figure it out. And so, and, and they're not the only ones in Hayes. There's also a number of them. Uh, one just called me today, just uh, started up in uh, Plainville. Um, and so just, just all the new people that are willing to jump in and right in the middle of it and, and start swinging away, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to shout out to all of them. All right, guys, here we go. Topic number four, our mystery envelope. And this is always my favorite, and I've never got to read it. So, Father Jarrett, I'm going to let you. Oh, I'm opening? No, so you're going to read it. You're going to draw. You, you draw, draw and I'm going to open okay. He's going to read it. All right. All right, here we go. Oh, Bill, you like you even seal them? Come on. This, this is you think somebody's going to break? Part of the you think fun. somebody's going to break into your office this and look at This is a serious business. Yeah, I don't want anybody All to right. see it ahead of time. Here we go. Mystery envelope. What question about death do we have today? <laughs> Biggest irrational fear. Is it always something crazy? <laughs> hey, this is good. This might come out around. Right, if it's uh, good, we're going to start with you. What's your biggest irrational fear? Like Halloween? Is that what you're, that what well, you're I was saying? just saying this is going to come out around Halloween. So uh, I, I think I'm going to go with like wasps or something of that nature. Mostly, I see, I see one flying around Jeff's no, office you freak all the out. time. Every time I come in there, there's whoa, one whoa, whoa, sitting wait, there. Not, not around my office. It's outside the window. And you're like, you have it's a wasp like, outside your window. Where else? is he? He's outside. Who cares? I, I can't help myself as soon as I see a wasp. Like, I'm totally aware that that wasp is there until I kill it or until it's gone. Uh, it's just something I focus on. And, and you know, it's, it's irrational because wasps aren't, like, the fastest things ever. They're not the whatever. You know, it's like it's looking at me, again, you know, you're a thousand times my size. I'm scared to death of this big human. And I'm looking at it like, oh, man, if I don't do everything exactly right, that thing is going to kill me. And, and uh, so I'd say wasp or my irrational. I do. And then there's always, and I'm not the only one, but you see the most bizarre, like, movements out of people when they see a wasp, like, you call them dance moves or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but I, I'm definitely one of those guys. So, uh, yeah, I'd say wasps. Father, you got one? Uh, I've, I do. I don't like wasps either, but I'm not going to go with wasps because it's something that I don't like even more than wasps is bats. <laughs> um, I'm like, it's so stupid. Like you're just talking about. I mean, it's exactly the same thing, but anything that erratically flies, especially. So June bugs are in the, on the list too, but, but bats, because they're bigger, they're just nastier looking. And the last three parishes, so Beloit, uh, St. Nicholas, and then St. Isidore's, all three of them had bat problems. Uh, and so I've, I've had bats in my bedroom uh, since I've been in Beloit. Um, yeah, well. Just really? Yeah, twice. Uh, this, thankfully, I'd get I that think, fixed before I put a new roof well, on. Well, no, yeah, thankfully I think it is fixed, but there was one, <laughs> and I'll like avoid, I will absolutely avoid, if I see one like in the office or something, I will like, I'll figure out something else that I can do. You'll like, sit in your secretary and my you'll just stay well, out there. <laughs> that's the sad thing is like her husband has to come in and take care of it because Why don't they you, know I'm not going to do it. You can call like a pest control and they'll Well, no, we've got it. it. We've got, we've got the rectory, at least it, I hate even talking about it because it's going to, I'm going to have a bat tonight because I'm saying we got it taken yeah, care of. That's but, awesome. Satan's like, ah, taking yeah, notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he already knows that. But anyway. So yeah, I'm not. I am uh, absolutely not a fan of bats. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what mine is. I oh look my, at you. No, no, I'm not tough. No, no, I'm yeah. not tough. Like probably. Uh, I was mowing last year one time, and there was a, a raccoon in my like window well of the basement thing, and that it it freaked me out. Like hmm. it's and I had to call somebody to come get it, and the guy just comes, grabs it, puts it in a thing. He's like, well, "Wasn't that hard?" I'm like, 
take my hundred dollars. I'll glad <laughs> like take this and get this thing out of here. And then my buddy's like, Jeff, you know, you could have just put like a two by four down there and left and it would have found its way out. And I'm like, I didn't think of that. And I don't have wood laying around my house. Like I'm not, I'm not handy, but yeah, I would say some of those rodents, uh, I don't know, is a raccoon a rodent? I don't even know what you classify. I don't know if that's a rodent or not. Like I, I don't like mice. I don't like rats. Um, Isn't it a mammal? Possums. Yeah, but rodents are mammals. <laughs> All of them. Squirrel. Are. <laughs> I, I'm not scared of squirrels, but they freak me out. We got some big trees, like, but it's they they move a lot of directions, just like a bat does, very quick. And all a squirrel is is a rat with a bushy tail. Yeah, they're disgusting. So yeah. All right. There's all my right, last well. time ever opening one of those envelopes. <laughs> well all right. Uh, let's move on to. Uh, we've got some questions from our listeners. Hello, thank you for calling the Three Bald Guys voicemail. Please record your question or message. Jeff, Bill and Father Jared are excited to answer your questions about the Catholic faith, life and everything in between. At the tone, please record your message. Um, and, and when Matei gets back, she's not on the board today. Um, hopefully we can actually play some of these, but these were uh, ones, um, most of them were just either emailed to me or texted to me. Um, the first one I'm going to ask Father, because it feels like he's a good guy to ask these questions to, um, it actually comes from your parish, so that's a good thing. Uh, it comes from the third grade, a third grade student um, in your Wednesday night formation program, and uh, his question is, if God made everything good, why did he make the devil? That's good stuff. I like that. Um, <clears throat> So the reality is that, yes, we do believe, even we read it in the book of Genesis, after each of the days of creation, there is that statement that, and it, and it was good. Um, and so all that God made is good, and even the devil was made good. Uh, so that's actually one of the things I love talking about is even the name Lucifer, which for some reason people don't choose that for their children. I don't know why, because uh, it means the bearer of light which is like one of the coolest names. Uh, so Lucifer's name is the bearer of light. So he is, he was created as like the pinnacle of the pinnacle of creation and the reality of how beautiful and good uh, Lucifer was at the beginning. But as with all the created beings, there was uh, a moment for the angels and um, to, to choose. Uh, so they were created with free will, just like human beings are created with free will. They had that moment of choice. It's not exactly the same as human beings in the sense that we're, we're in time and, and bodies. And so I'm not going to get into all, all of those uh, philosophical and uh, aspects of it, but the reality of Lucifer is that he has created good, given with free will the choice, and he chose uh, non serviam, which is I will not serve. Uh, and so uh, the reality that he was created good and God creates all things good. He creates us good, but some of us don't choose rightly, which we've already talked a little bit about that. Some of us kind of go off the path, but so there you go. Yeah. When you say light bearer, I remember one time uh, having an argument with an atheist that said the church likes Lucifer because in Latin it's light bearer or whatever. And so like, if you go back and you look at the candle bearer yeah. and it says, you know, Lucifer walks up cause he's bearing the candle. Uh -huh. Like, look, they're worshiping him in it. And so that's kind of a funny deal that, uh, you yeah. know, what when means. I hear light bearer, I think of like star Wars, like a lightsaber, like yeah. hmm. now that's a whole hmm. other set of problems. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's light. Yeah. Crucifer. Crucifer is yep. the bearer of the cross. Uh, Thurifer is the bearer of the, th 
thurible, which is the, the incense. And so uh, Christopher is the bearer of Christ. So Good. there you go. That's cool. You know, these young kids will just throw out crazy questions at you. Like imagine teaching religious ed and then that third grader throws that at you. And you're like, oh, I'll, I'll go, I'm going to talk to Father Jared. I'll get back <laughs> I will with you. get back with you when I know yep, the answer. Yep. All right, that was a that was a good job. Um, this second one, actually, I think could go your direction as well, just because you've had experience with uh, remodeling or building uh, some churches. And so this comes from a seventh grader in St. Mary's Ellis uh, Faith Formation Program. And the question is, who picks the statues that are up in a church? And, and a little history, because you were actually at Ellis for a little bit, weren't you? No? Never been stationed there. I was there as a seminarian years and years ago. And, yeah. and they're one of those churches that, you know, you could go in there and you try to figure out who the different saints are. Because um, they've got, and like Victoria would be another good example of when you walk in there, it's kind of a fun game to play. Who are the, the statues? And so that, that's one of the questions is, you know, who picks what statues to be in the churches? Yeah, so usually that decision comes at the at the formation at the outset with a parish, and when that originally the church is built, um, if there are statues, that it's typically tied into something, a patronage of the parish, uh, whether it's the namesake of the parish. So typically, if a parish is named after a saint, you're going to find a statue of that saint in the church. Um, and then oftentimes there's tra just traditionally a there can be a statue of of Mary. Oftentimes, as you're facing the altar, Mary is on the left side and Joseph is on the right side. So that's kind of a a traditional layout of those things. So those are kind of connected to um, sort of the foundational um, formation of the parish. And I mean, oftentimes, ultimately, it does come down to the priest at the time. Uh, but hopefully that priest is is in accordance with the parish and the and the naming of the parish and what the parish's particular patrons are in choosing the statues. So at St. Nick's, for example, we did the restoration there and we didn't have any statues. Um, so it was fitting that we had a we had we had a three well technically five statues I guess. Uh, the first and foremost was the St. Nicholas statue. It was actually the largest statue filling a spot, a little niche off to the left. And then we had a Mary and a Joseph. And then we actually have two, two adoring angels. Uh, and so, yeah, there was discussion about those being placed by members of the parish leadership. But as far as choosing them, actually selecting the statue, yeah, I, I kind of did that. So, Which is why we have a uh, St. Joseph the Worker statue. And not just a regular St. Joseph because they share a birthday. And so, that is not the reason. That is exactly the reason. That's why we have St. Joseph. Were you on that committee, Bill, and you remember him saying that? No, so I don't think you knew it was St. Joseph the worker. Oh, absolutely, I did. Okay, see that? That's exactly Because most statues of St. Joseph have Joseph holding the child Jesus. And I just thought it looked weird to have Mary holding the child Jesus on one side Whoa, and there's Joseph two of them. holding the child Jesus <laughs> on the other side. So the only statue that I could find with Joseph without the child Jesus is Joseph the worker because he's typically holding some kind of tool or something in that. So there you go. That's the back. There's a little behind Just the happens scenes. to be the same as your he birthday. Does share, so. Yeah, it is my birthday. May 1st is St. Joseph the worker. So Yeah, well, I love it. Um, so that, I, I don't know. It is interesting to go into churches and uh, look around and see what statues are in there. Even the stained glass windows would be to the same extent, too. Uh, and that's one of the cool things. And, and we're in Victoria a decent amount now with the deconformation thing. And it's amazing how many people will stop in off of interstate 
and then they'll just start walking around and looking at the saints and looking at the windows and and uh, so kind of a cool deal. I love doing that. Like at all of our churches, I go around and visit, and you just whether it's looking at the stained glass windows or the statues or the altar or I, I don't know. There's something about walking into a Catholic church. You feel God's beauty. Yep. Yeah. Very good. All right. Moving on to topic six, which is calling all prayer warriors. It's time to rally the prayer warriors. All right, guys. So we're talking about the things that we've seen that we really need to call upon our listeners uh, and everybody to continue to keep in prayer. And I'm going to start us off partly because I want to steal the theme of this, uh, this episode in many ways is the, the family. Uh, absolutely. Perhaps one of the things that we should be praying for um, in, in some of the, in the relationships is the reality of keeping in mind families, especially, especially families. Um, yeah. That are, that are being divided, ultimately being divided, being torn apart. Uh, and so I just think there's obviously an, an immense need. And as we talked about in that first question, that Satan is absolutely attacking uh, the family. And so I think that's something that we need to constantly keep in our prayers is for a unity, a unity of families. Bill, what about you? Well, uh, I, I was, that, that was actually my pause because I paused because I, I saw your notation there that you were praying for families. So anyway. yeah, so, so I agree, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say families, but in a specific area. I think with the economy right now and, and people losing jobs and, and uh, inflation going up, um, already tough home life and tough situations are, are being even more tough, are being made even tougher. And so I think, you know, they talk about one of the most difficult things in a marriage is financial struggles. And so um, I just, I, I would like us to pray for all the families who are struggling financially right now that they uh, grow together and solve that problem together and not apart. Um, and so that's kind of my prayer today. Mine would be for a, a member of our parish, George Stein, who's who's battling cancer right now, and he's a guy that I've looked at over the last uh, 15, 16 years that I've gone to St. Elizabeth's. I just, I, he's a great role model. He's an incredible grandpa to his grandchildren. Um, he's a great father. He's a great father-in-law. Um, I just see the relationship he has with his son-in-law, and I just, like, man, I just, it, it's awesome. You know, they're, they're always there, and he's always got a smile on his face. He's in a Ambucks club, a morning Friday club with me. And he's just always willing to work and do whatever it takes. And uh, he just found out he's battling some cancer. And pray for him and his family um, that he's able to get through this and, and get healthy again. Okay. All right. In, in that note, um, our prayer today is actually a prayer um, asking St. Joseph to uh, strengthen and protect our families. And so um, if you're good with that, Father, why don't you lead us? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and so, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph. Strengthen in our family every bond of love which unites us, the marriage bond, the love of parent and child, the bonds of mutual love between all. St. Joseph, protect our family from every danger from without and from every threat to peace, unity and harmony within. St. Joseph, teach us to be kind and loving towards one another, careful for one another, tolerant of one another, forgiving towards one another. St. Joseph, may contentment with our lot and joy in each other abound in our house as we seek faithfully to serve and greatly to love our Lord Jesus Christ. St. Joseph, be you yourself a father towards this, our family, 
and pray Holy Mary be a mother to us. O Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, make our family one with you. May we be peace-loving and peace-giving, and may we always have God as the center of our hearts and our home. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in again. This was Episode 9 of Three Bald Guys.